Chapter One Hundred of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in, in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter One Hundred a sister's appeal i hastened to inform marian of what had passed having returned to our tents without giving any sign of the excitement that was stirring within my breast why not to-night why not at once within the hour these were my reflections put interrogatively as i hurried over the ground the huntress still remained within her tent but enjoying fraternal privilege i could enter and stooping i passed under the covering of skins have you seen sister lillian she said affirmatively as i entered i have and spoken with her no i dared not trust myself to speak but i have given her a token of recognition in writing i saw you she knows then that you were here by this time she should that is if she has found an opportunity to look at the paper she will find that i dare say oh she is beautiful very beautiful i do not wonder sir that you love her were i a man knows she that i too am here not yet i feared to tell her even in writing i feared that in the sudden transport of joy which such a discovery would produce she might proclaim it to your father perhaps to him you are right there might have been a risk of that she must not know that i am here till we can caution her against declaring it how do you propose to act i have come to take counsel from you if we could only make known to her that you are present she might find an opportunity of stealing forth and in the darkness all the rest could be accomplished even to-night why not this very night why not echoed the huntress catching eagerly at the idea the sooner the better but how am i to see her should i enter their camp perhaps if you write to her i would stranger say could writing is not one of my accomplishments my father cared little to teach me my mother still less she cared not at all alas poor ignorant me i cannot even write my own name it matters not dictate what you would say to her i have here paper and pencil and shall write for you if she has read the other she will be on the lookout and no doubt we may find an opportunity of giving a note to her and she of reading it no doubt yes it does seem the best course we can pursue the surest and safest surely lillian has not forgotten me surely she will follow the advice of a sister who dearly loves her drawing out my pencil and tearing a leaf from the memorandum book 
I stood ready to act as amanuensis. The intelligent, though unlettered maiden, resting her forehead upon her hand, as if to aid in giving shape to her thoughts, commenced the dictation. Beloved sister, a friend writes for me, one whom you know. It is Marion who speaks, your own sister, Marion, still living and well. I am here with others, in the disguise of Indians, those you have seen. We are here on your account alone. We have come to save you from a danger. Oh, sister, a dreadful danger, which your innocent heart cannot have dreamt of. I was not so certain of this. The shade I had observed upon Lillian's countenance, produced by the taunting speeches of the mulatta, had convinced me that the young girl was not without some presentiment of her peril, however vaguely outlined. So much the better for our purpose, and, as I had already declared this belief to Marion, I did not interrupt her. She continued, When you have read this, do not show it to any one. Do not make known its contents, even to the maiden paused for a moment. Filial affection, too cruelly crushed, was causing her voice to falter. Tremblingly and low muttered came the words, Our father. Dear Lil, proceeded she in a firmer tone, you know how dearly I loved you. I love you still the same. You know I would have risked my life to save yours. I now risk that and more. Ah, far more, if I could tell you. But sometime you shall know it all. And you, dear Lil, your danger is even greater than of life, for it is the danger of dishonor. Hear me, then, beloved sister, and do not refuse to follow my advice. When it is dark, and to-night, if possible, steal out from the camp. Separate yourself from the vile people who surround you. Separate yourself. O oh, sister, it is hard to say the word from him our father him who should have been our protector but who i fear alas i cannot speak the thought to-night dear lil if possible to-night to-morrow it may be too late our disguise may be discovered and all our plans frustrated to-night to-night fear not your friend awaits you, and also your old favorite, Frank Wingrove, with other brave companions. Your sister will receive you with open arms. Marion. Surely Lillian would not resist such an appeal. Surely it would be enough to separate her, even from him whose slight protection scarcely gave him claim to the sacred title of parent. Our next anxiety was as to how the note might be delivered 
we thought of archelette and in the end he might have been employed to convey it to her for whom it was intended but just at that moment the mexican was absent in the performance of his metier as guide he had entered the corral and was engaged with the chief men of the caravan giving them such counsel as might enable them to pursue their route and no doubt concealing those points that might be prejudicial to our cause i had no reason to doubt the fidelity of the man it is true his betrayal of us would have been fatal though it might afterwards have brought him to punishment but it never occurred to me to question his loyalty his sentiment of hostility for the mormon hereticos had been freely and repeatedly expressed and i reposed perfect confidence in the honesty of his declarations on discovering the absence of archelette the idea occurred to me that it might not be necessary to await his return to the tents time was too valuable to be wasted already had the sun sunk to rest over the grand desert of the colorado and the sombre shadows of the sierra san juan were projected far into the plain almost to the edge of the encampment in these latitudes the soft eve lingers but a few minutes the night was already spreading her russet mantle over the earth the white tilts of the wagons gleamed paler through the gray light and the red glare of the campfires burning within the corral now shone upon the canvas disputing the power to illumine it with the last touches of the twilight another minute scarcely another minute and the day would be gone come i said to my companion we may go together the guide has proclaimed us sister and brother prophetic words i hope believing in that relationship these people will not see anything extraordinary in our taking a stroll together outside the camp we may find the opportunity we are in search of marian offered no objection and issuing together from the tent we proceeded in the direction of the corralled wagons End of chapter one hundred